Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another podcast episode of Mysterious Headlines. We are continuing the coverage of the Lori Vallow Daybell trial, and we're going to talk about what happened in the courtroom on Tuesday, May 2nd. So if you remember from May 1st, Dr. Christensen was on the stand, and they had been called in to perform the exhumation and autopsy on Tammy Dable's body. So they were still on the witness stand um, on Tuesday and they did some cross-examination. So the defense asked if um, Dr. Christensen had tested that frothy foamy substance from Tammy's mouth and they said no. They said there wouldn't really be enough to test to really get anything. They asked um, about her seizures And Dr. Christensen said it's very unlikely that she would have had seizures or started having seizures randomly and that her brain was thoroughly inspected by a doctor who specializes in brains. So then Dr. Christensen stepped off the witness stand and they brought up Bruce Mattingly, who he's been on the stand already, but he works for the Fremont County Sheriff's Department. So he explained that on October 19th, He got a call about an unattended death, and he was told by Deputy Greenhall um, that they didn't find anything suspicious when they went and dispatched to the suspicious death. So Mattingly says he did not respond to the house. He says that Greenhall told him that she had learned about the event October 9th, which was like, which was when that shooting attempt happened at Tammy's house. And Mattingly said he was not involved in that investigation regarding the shooting attempt. He said um, there was no additional investigation done at that time into Tammy's death. Then he said November 1st, he said, is when Fremont began investigating the disappearance of J.J. and Tylee. And it wasn't until December that they began investigating Tammy's death. He said it became in a joint investigation with the FBI, Chandler Police, and Rexburg Police. He said that he obtained a search warrant for Seasons Medical, Teton Medical, and the Walmart Pharmacy to get Tammy's medical records. And they did not show the medical records to the court, but he spoke about them a little bit. He said nothing stood out to him. He said her medical history was completely opposite of what Chad had told him. He said that he also got a search warrant for her Fitbit, and he said they did not track or keep a log of her heart rate and sleep patterns, but they did track her step count, and they said her total number of steps from January to October of 2019, um, it was really high, and he said it was a little below average for the first part of the year but above average for the rest of the year. And he said that she was very active up until the time of her death. He said Tammy had two life insurance policies, Prime America and Life Map. He said Prime America, um, Tammy and Chad were each other's beneficiaries, and that was for $300,000, and that was paid to Chad after she passed. And he said Life Map... um, Tammy was insured and Chad was the beneficiary, and that was for a total of 130000 
So then um, Mattingly was cross-examined. They asked him if he learned that Lori was in Hawaii at the time of Tammy's death, and he said yes. They asked him um, if Lori's device was at Chad's October 9th or the 19th, and they said no. Um, They asked him what type of medicine Tammy was on, and Mattingly said she was taking tramadol for the pain in her wrist, and she was on an antidepressant. They asked if Mattingly had reviewed her school file, and he said yes, there were no issues, she was a very good employee. And then he clarified um, that the Prime America Life Insurance was established in Springville, Utah, before they moved to Idaho, and then LifeMap was offered through the school district, and that she started working part-time at the school district, and then moved to full-time, and so she was able um, to be eligible for the full amount once she went to work full-time for the school district. They asked if the police department had, you know, had wanted money back from Chad for supposed fraud, and he said that it had been talked about, but he wasn't sure if anything ever came of it. And then it went back to prosecution for some follow-up questions, and they asked if Chad was living off of the proceeds of the life insurance policy in Hawaii, and Mattingly said yes, he was. So then he stepped off the stand, and they brought up Alice Gilbert. She says she moved um, to the Daybells neighborhood and became a part of their LDS ward in 2017. She said she worked with Tammy at church. She was the Relief Society president, and Tammy was the first counselor. She said they would meet once a week for meetings, and then they would also go to church on Sundays together. She said they began serving together in 2018. She said Tammy was very shy, organized, and that she knew computers very well. She said whenever they were planning an activity together, Tammy always wanted to keep it simple. And she said that was how Tammy was. She was a simple person. Um, she said that Tat, Tammy and Chad seemed very normal, a very normal couple when they first met them. Chad was very supportive of Tammy. But that in 2019, she noticed that he became more distant. She said Tammy didn't talk about it much. She did mention that their finances were becoming a little strained. She said she never noticed Tammy slow down before her death. She said, if anything, her, um, her movements and her activity increased. She said October 17th at 7 a.m., she got a call from one of their Tammy and Chad's daughters, Emma, and she was crying on the phone, and she told her that Tammy had died. And then she said Chad took the phone and told her that not to tell anyone and she needed to wait about an hour and that she should not tell the bishop, which the bishop is like the local church leader of that church congregation. And apparently Alice did tell the church bishop despite what Chad said. Alice said she went over to Chad's house around 830 in the morning and she said Chad met them at the door. Her and her husband at the door gave she gave them a hug and she said the children looked absolutely stunned. They could hardly speak. They were sitting on the couch. They were just stunned. She said Chad did not seem stunned. She said um, she had seen Tammy the previous Wednesday and Tammy had seen just fi- seemed just fine. She was not complaining of any health issues. She said when she went to their house that morning and the kids were stunned, she asked if the kids had eaten breakfast and they said no. So 
she said that her and her husband could go get them breakfast. And that's when Chad pulled her to the side and said that the funeral was going to be on Tuesday and that they were going to have a memorial on Wednesday. And Alice said she thought this seemed very quick. And she asked Chad if it had been pre-planned, like if he had talked to Tammy about her funeral arrangements and she had decided exactly what she wanted. And he said no. And Alice said that caught her off guard. Because I could imagine, right, if if you have with your spouse pre-planned kind of what they want their funeral to look like and how they want those preparations to be, perhaps that could be a reason why you might do it rather quickly. But he said that he didn't have anything pre-planned. And so that caught Alice off guard. She said she did go to the funeral in Utah. She said, I had to tell Tammy goodbye. She said all the kids spoke at the funeral and she said Chad gave a good talk but she said it's it was more like a church talk like if you were you know a priest or a pastor at a church and you got up and you spoke she said it was less like a spouse speaking about their um their wife that had died she said she did not go to the memorial service because she had just gone to the funeral she said um her and the bishop took a meal over to Chad's house and shortly after the funeral and Chad was there and he was moving things and said he was moving out he couldn't be at the house anymore and he said he was going to move to Rexburg he said there he had a friend who had a condo there and he said his friend was hardly there so his friend was going to let him stay there and Alice was under the assumption that it was a male friend because he always said he um She said the kids were there at the time that she had visited Chad with the bishop, and they didn't seem to question him moving. She said the following Friday, she went and stopped by to see Emma and Garth, who are Chad's youngest kids. And she said Emma was crying, and she said she really missed her mom, and that Chad didn't want anything to do with her and her siblings. And then... Alice said she went to Garth's house and Garth was telling her he was hoping he wouldn't lose his dad. And he told her that Emma had gotten sick and she had lost a lot of weight in the um, aftermath of her mother dying and Chad moving. She said the school district and the ward brought meals to the kids that were living at Chad and Tammy's house. So there were several kids that had moved into Chad and Tammy's house to live together um, after Chad had moved out. And after about a week, so October 26th, Alice said she called Chad and asked if she could visit, if her and her husband could come and visit. They wanted to check in on him, see how he was doing. And Chad told them they couldn't come visit him, but that he would come see them. So she said he came over to their house, she made cookies, and she asked how he was doing, and Chad said he was very good. He said he had actually met the woman he was going to marry. Alice said we were shocked. Um, she said he spoke about her and how beautiful she was, and that they had met at a conference in St. George, and she tried to get her name out of him and she said at first he didn't want to tell us her name but then eventually he told us her name was Lori Vallow she said her and her husband work at the temple the local temple on Tuesday nights and so it was a few days later that they were at the temple and they were waiting in a room one night 
and Chad tapped her on her shoulder and asked her to come to the hallway. And she said that's when she met Lori and her niece, Melanie. She said it was very awkward. She said Chad was very affectionate with Lori. He had his arm around her. He was giggling, laughing. She said it just seemed odd. She had never seen Chad act this way with Tammy, and it was very odd. She said we were really, my husband and I were quite embarrassed because they looked like teenagers. They were acting like teenagers together. And Alice asked Lori if she had been married, and Lori said her husband had died of a heart attack, and that she had recently lost a daughter. Chad said he was going to Hawaii and he was going to write a book. And that her, him and Lori were going to get married, but they didn't know exactly when. And that then they were going to take um, Chad's kids to Disneyland around Thanksgiving time. She said Lori spoke nothing about any kids of hers. And Alice said she had the impression that Lori had no other kids, that when she mentioned she had the daughter that had passed, she thought she was older and had maybe passed to some kind of illness. And she said after um, Chad and Lori went to Hawaii, they came back, and this was right before they were set to go to Disneyland, and they visited Alice and her husband, and they showed them pictures of their wedding. And this was maybe two weeks later. Um, so they were maybe gone for two weeks. She said she then recalled back to February of 2019 when Chad had visited her house and she was working in the middle of a project and Chad came in and he said that he had um, a vision that Tammy's time on earth was coming to an end and he didn't see Tammy living past the age of 50. And we know Tammy died when she was 49. So then after Lori was arrested in Hawaii, um, she said Chad came to visit her and her husband, and Chad asked if he could live with them, with Alice and her husband in one of their spare bedrooms. And Alice told him that um, she had a daughter that was coming to live with them, and so there was no room. And Chad had told her that his house was too crowded. Then when Lori's hearing was scheduled, Chad visited again, and he asked Chad and her husband if they would think about putting their property up for bond. And she said we would think about it. And then Chad texted Alice the next day and said he had arranged a bondswoman to come and talk to them. Wow. Like, just imagine that. So Chad's new wife is, you know, has been arrested and arraigned, for the disappearance of her kids, and Chad has the audacity to go to Alice and her husband, some good friends that have been friends with him for a while, him and Tammy for a while, and ask if they would put their property up for bond. And she said she would think about it, and then he texts her the next day and says he's arranged a bondswoman to come and talk to them. Oh my goodness. Like, he was... He was reaching. Wow. So then Alice says she confronted Chad about her kids, about Lori's kids, and that, you know, Lori had said her daughter had died, and Chad completely denied ever telling her this. And she said, well, didn't Tylee deserve a life, like a car, a boyfriend, school? Um, and Chad told her she didn't like people, and she didn't like me. 
And Alice said that stood out to her because he used the past tense. And she said she overheard Chad tell someone, they think I killed my wife. So then they went to cross-examination. They asked Alice if she knew Melanie Gibb. And she said she did not know her personally, but she had listened to a few podcasts that she had been on. They asked if she was aware of what Chad did for a living. And she said, yes, he's an author. He writes books. And she said she didn't really talk with him about his books much. much. She had read a few of them, but they didn't really talk about it much. She said she never spoke with him about his visions, but she said her husband had. And she said they did go to a few of the Preparing a People conference, and Chad had been at those speaking. They, the um, defense asked if the topics at those conferences were approved by the church, and she said not all of them were. She said, but there was a wide range of topics. They would talk about food storage. They would talk about fossils. They would talk about the Book of Mormon. They would talk about, you know, just life in general. Um, they asked if she ever looked to Chad for spiritual guidance. And she said no, she did not look to Chad for spiritual guidance. So then they went to redirect with the prosecution and they asked um, if Chad appeared enamored with Lori. And she said absolutely so then Alice stepped off the stand and her husband Todd stepped up. Now he he testified to a lot of the same things that they had met in March of 20 well t- March of 2017 is when they moved to the n- same neighborhood that the Daybells lived in and that's when they first met them and he said he would see Chad once a week um cuz they were neighbors so he would see Chad once a week out in the yard and then they'd also see each other at church. He said he had read some of Chad's books and he had spoke a little bit with him about some of his visions and characters. And Chad told him that all the characters are fictional. Um, Chad started to teach him some religious topics a little bit. He said that if they were standard LDS teachings, then he agreed. But if they kind of strayed from that, then he didn't really agree with them. He did say in February 2019, he was told by Chad that Chad had a vision that Tammy was going to die before the age of 50. So he told this to both um, Todd and Alice. Um, He spoke about the morning him and his wife went to Tammy's house after she had died. He said Chad seemed very businesslike. He was already planning the funeral. And he said he did mention to Chad that morning, hey, like that vision you told me about, it actually happened. And Chad said, yes, it did. Um, he said he saw Tammy at church leading up to her death. He never, she never appeared to be in failing health. Um, he said that starting in June, 2019, that he noticed Chad and Tammy started to get more distant with each other. And Chad had told him that he was moving with his friend, moving in with his friend on Pioneer Road. He said Chad did not seem sad at the funeral, and he said it was very odd for Chad to speak at the funeral because he said in the LDS religion, it's not very common that a spouse will speak at their at the funeral of their, their husband or wife. That's not common, so that stood out to him as odd. Um, he talked about the same time that Alice had spoke about when they asked to um, go over to Chad's house. Um, to check on him 
and he said they wanted to bring him pizza, and that's when he said, no, but I'll come visit, I'll come see you, and he said Chad showed up an hour late and ate some of their cookies that they had made, and that's when he told Todd and Alice that he had a girlfriend, he told them all about Lori Vallow, just as Alice um, testified to, um, he talked about meeting Lori for the first time at the temple a few days later, um, and how they were acting like teenagers. And he said he thought it was very odd because Tammy had only died like a week and a half earlier. So it was very odd that he was already flirting and acting like a teenager with someone else. Then um, he talked about how Chad told him he was going to Hawaii because a friend wanted help writing a book. And that he was going to marry Lori just like he had told Alice. And he, Lori said the same thing. She had a husband that had died of a heart attack. She said, she told Todd that she had had many children. She said that her daughter had um, recently died. So she kind of told him the same things. So he had a lot of the same um, things to speak about. So then they went to, um, they went to cross-examination and they asked Todd about this podcast that he said he had listened to. And this was a podcast that Melanie Gibb, Thor, Jason Mao and Lori were all on. And it kind of became a thing in the courtroom because the defense wanted to put this podcast in as evidence and the prosecution did not want it in. And they kind of argued back and forth and the prosecution was like, we don't think this is fully relevant and we think this will lead to other things being, you know, put into evidence. And they said, you know, this wasn't on the defense's list for evidence. And they said, well, we didn't think that Todd was going to say he had heard this podcast before. And so they wanted it went back and forth for a bit. Um, the defense wanted it entered as an exhibit. The prosecution did not. And the judge ultimately ruled that they would play just the 40 minutes, just the first 40 minutes. It was like a total of an hour and a half podcast and that just the first 40 minutes would be put into evidence. Um, and so they ended up playing the first 40 minutes of the podcast. So at the beginning of this podcast, Melanie Gibbs, she welcomes people. She speaks for a few minutes. Then Thor, he gets up and speaks and he talks for about 14 minutes about how hard his life was and how he found God, and found God, finding God changed everything for him, and then Mal gets on the mic, and he speaks for about 13 minutes about how he was so down in the dumps, and then he found God, and his life changed, and then Lori spoke for about nine minutes, and she spoke about her former husband, Joseph Ryan, and how he abused her children, and how finding Jesus and attending the temple helped her escape, and then after everyone speaks, then there's kind of an open question time and everybody asks each other different questions. So, um, podcast or Lori on this podcast had kind of spoke about how she had been raised in California, went to BYU and then things turned really bad and she fought with Satan in a pre-existence, and then he showed her that she could be a warrior and she said big things are going to be happening in the next two years. And we need to turn ourselves over to Jesus. And this podcast was recorded November 4th of 2018. So it was recorded um, about a year before all of this stuff started happening. Um, 
So they played that portion of the podcast in the courtroom and they put the, the, that, the 40 minutes of that podcast into the evidence. And then that was kind of where things ended for Tuesday. So they played that portion of the podcast and then um, court was adjourned for the day. So um, I'm sure they will be picking up where that left off with the um, podcast and they'll probably be playing um, or talking more about the podcast um, on Wednesday here. But for now, that is all the updates. I think the biggest things for me um, that I take away from today's um, witnesses was Alice's observations as to how Chad was acting after the death of Tammy and her observations of him with Lori and how weird that was to her. And of course, the bond thing, asking if they would put their house up for bond, like the audacity of someone to ask that, you know, specifically when you were really good friends with Tammy and Tammy has died. Now, obviously at that point, I think Alice probably still assumed Tammy had died of natural causes and because it wasn't until December that they kind of ended up going back and relooking into Tammy's death. So she probably still had assumed that Tammy had died of natural causes at that point. But the audacity to ask someone that after you've recently lost your friend and now this other friend, Chad's new wife, is all of a sudden in jail and you're trying to figure out like what's going on and you get asked that. Like, wow, to me that's like crazy. Um, but I guess nothing should really surprise us anymore about Chad and Lori because they were willing to go to whatever length they could to make some of this stuff happen. Um, so I'd love to know your thoughts so far going on in the trial, who have been the biggest witnesses you think, what has stood out to you the most. I'd love to know. You can chime in on the conversation um, on Twitter at MYS Headlines, you can tag me. Um, my Twitter profile is MYS Headlines, so feel free to tag me. You can also use the hashtag Mysterious Headlines. Um, and I'd love to have a conversation on Twitter about this and what you're feeling um, with this trial so far. And you can always follow me on Instagram as well, MYS Headlines Pod. Um, that is where I post a lot of um, missing person posters related to cases that I'm covering. If you have not listened to any of my other podcast episodes regarding um, missing people and missing children specifically, highly recommend you go check them out um, because there are a lot of active missing children and we need to try and find them. So I would appreciate you checking out the other podcast episodes. As always, thank you for listening. We'll talk again tomorrow. Bye.